Turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. This is part 3 of a message I started uh, a couple of Sundays ago. Not last Sunday. Pastor Patrick Pete preached last Sunday. Did a phenomenal job. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. It's on the website and the YouTube channel. You can find it there. And uh, we're just so thankful for those that will stand in this pulpit and keep declaring the message that God is declaring. Many men declaring and decreeing many things, but God is still declaring His righteousness. God is still declaring His righteousness. Amen. That's what God's declaring, His righteousness. Amen. You've got to be preaching the cross for Him to declare it through you. Again, this is part three of a message titled Complete Triumph in Christ. And today our focus will be on faith that overcomes the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Do you know that when you were born again, God gave you everything you needed for every moment of your life. You don't get saved partly. When you got saved, you were fully saved. When you got saved, you became righteous before God, justified before God. You didn't get Christ in pieces. You got all of Him. You're not working your way to, to, to reach a place to, to find victory in your life. When you got saved, you stepped into everything God had for you. If you're trying to work for something, then you're working against the plan of God. We are to be found working, but it's the works that work out of Him working in us. Any other work is just us striving for something we already have. That's been our problem for too long as Christians. We're trying to work for stuff that we've already been given. It's like coming to my house and sitting in the living room or sitting in the floor instead of sitting on the couch or starving to death instead of getting up and going to get a piece of baloney out of the refrigerator. There ain't nothing in there. You got it all when you got saved. Hallelujah. He didn't leave. He didn't leave. Listen, when he when he unarmed the devil at Calvary, he armed you. You're fully armed. You need to learn these things, but you are fully armed. And you were given a lot of things at the new birth. But we're going to talk about one of the most important of those things this morning. That's that measure of faith you were given. You were given the measure, not a measure. You don't have less faith than me or more faith than me. We all got the measure of faith. People that say my faith ain't working means they ain't keeping it because faith can't fail. Faith always works if I'll keep it, if I'll exercise it. Faith can never not work. Because it works by love. Galatians 5 and 6 tells us that this faith we have works by love. And love can't fail. Love can't fail. So if I'm not living for God or if I'm being defeated by something in my life, 
It's not God's fault. It's nothing wrong with my faith. There's something wrong with me. You see, for years we've been seduced and deceived into uh, listening to preachers that would tell us, why don't you just bring those cigarettes and throw them down on the altar when the problem ain't the cigarette, the problem is the heart. Why don't you just bring that can of beer and throw it on the altar when the beer ain't the problem. The heart's the problem. The Lord gets control of the heart. He I'm speaking from experience. Bud Dummer's leaving. Marlboro Light's leaving. God gets a hold of the heart. I'm exercising my faith. But my Bible tells... How many Bible believers we got in here this morning? See, I got to ask that in this last day of church. Because you got folks sit up in church, man. They don't really believe the Bible. They'll say they do. But they don't. My Bible, your Bible says that... Our faith overcomes the world. <laughs> that means anything that grabs a hold of me has got to let go of me if I'm exercising faith. Don't you think about it this morning. Faith cannot not overcome. Because your Bible says your faith is that which overcomes the world. But I want to show you something very simple this morning in this one Bible verse here. And it tells us where we were given this measure of faith in this one Bible verse. It tells us that whosoever is born of God at the born again experience you've overcome the world. When you were born again, you overcame, you stepped into the overcomer. But you can't just look at it like that and stop there. Because he expects you to experience his overcoming power. The promises in the book of Revelation to the seven churches are not to the whole church, but those who have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And who are they? They're those that hear and overcome. See, we, we, we use the word overcome. You just need to overcome all that, brother. You, you need to overcome all that. And, and the word overcomer is in the Bible, and it's good to overcome, but what it means is to come over. Oh, no, hey, you got it pictured. When you overcome something that's in your life, means you come over to the truth being offered you. So you can find the liberty. Ain't no liberty in nothing but the truth of Christ and Him crucified. Liberty from the whole gamut of list of things you could list that, that may be hindering your witness or harming your body or harming your marriage or harm whatever. There's a, a, a boatload of problems, but the answer for all of them is the cross of Christ. Amen. Amen. But in this one Bible verse, look at it, read it very slowly and watch what's being revealed to you this morning. Whatsoever is born of God, whoever's born again, Amen. overcomes the world. Yes, Lord. You became an overcomer when you were born again, when you were saved, when you accepted Christ. You became an overcomer. But to live as an overcomer. Amen. 
Yes. See, it's not automatic. If it was, then the letter to the seven churches, all the letters to the seven churches, wouldn't be trying to get a people of God to get the message to step it back into the place of experience their position of overcoming. You are an overcomer, but it doesn't mean you're overcoming. You are righteous, but it doesn't mean the fruit of all that you do is righteous. Preach it to myself. You are the light of this world. Doesn't mean your light shining all the time. You are holy. Doesn't mean you're expressing the holiness of God all the time. We're a lot of things. But the only way we experience anything is through this measure of faith we were given. You got that? I, Brother Zach, it's good to see you back here this morning, brother. Good to see you. Good to see you with a smile on your face in the house of God this morning. Praise the Lord. Been a while, hasn't it? The Lord's still good to us. He ain't changed his mind. Ain't you glad God don't change his mind? <laughs> Every time I do a big piece of stupid and it breaks my heart, makes me feel so bad. I hear you. I know. Me and Dale, we the only ones that know about that stuff. <laughs> Rest of them, holy hallelujah. <laughs> you see their wings, you see. Every time I feel that way, I do something dumb, the Lord just reminds me I'm still as good as I've ever been. I'm still as merciful as I've ever been. I've never changed my mind about you. I never stopped loving you even while you was doing your dumb. Oh, the love of God. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. You're an overcomer this morning. I'm not trying to get you to be one. I'm telling you, if you're saved, you're an overcomer. All I'm trying to do as a pastor is get you to walk in this world as an overcomer. Because there's where all the blessings are. You read about those seven churches in the book of Revelation. I want all that's being offered there. But it ain't offered to nobody but the overcomers. And the overcomers are the only ones who are hearing what the Spirit is saying to the church. That's what's in your Bible. They were all saved. That letter was to save people. But they weren't all overcoming. Hmm. You need to know that. This is the victory that overcomes the world. That means anything in the world. This is the victory. You're looking for the experience of victory? You stepped into it when you were born again. Everything just didn't fall off you automatically. Boy, you wasn't just perfect. You never, you're not going to be till you see Jesus either. Amen. But things begin to happen. Things begin to happen. As long as you kept believing in what just happened, things begin to happen. We talk about things just fell off in the beginning, but it seems we reached a point things stopped falling off. Ain't but one reason. Ain't but one reason they stopped falling off. And that's because we stopped beholding the Lamb. We started beholding ourselves or some preacher or somebody, something else. You keep beholding the Lamb, you're going to keep experiencing Christ overcoming victory because He's the victor. Hallelujah. You ain't got nothing this morning that don't belong to Him. That's right. 
The victory you have is His victory over you. The faith, this, this measure of faith that we have has been measured out of His faith. The Bible tells us that. Could we put the Scripture on the screen this morning? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. A very popular Scripture. Oh, yeah. For I am crucified with Christ. Somebody say, I am, I am. crucified with Christ. The rest of you need to know it. Watch now. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, I'm still living. Wait a minute. But it ain't me. It's Christ now living in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. That's the faith we were saved by. What He did by grace through faith. We trusted that. We were saved. And the moment you were saved, God dealt to you the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Please, Brother Greg. Let me say this. You've heard me say it through the years that the reason God shed His love, the way He shed His love abroad in your heart, Romans 5 and 5, when He saved you, is because He is love and He moved in you. Amen. Y'all understand that? I do. God is love and when He made your body His temple, He moved in you. That's how He shed His love abroad in your heart because He filled your heart with who He is. It's the same way with faith. When he de- the reason He could deal you the measure of faith is because the one whose faith you're living by moved inside of you. You ain't got nothing. If Christ ain't living in you. But because He is living in you, you have everything. You've got the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the measure of faith that will keep you from thinking more highly of yourself. Let's look at Romans 12 and 3. Watch very carefully the unveiling of the cross in this Bible verse. Watch this. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, this is to the church, to Christians, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And he tells us what this measure is for here specifically so that I won't think more highly of myself than I ought. And the only way I cannot think more highly of myself than I ought to is if I'm denying myself and taking up my cross to follow my Jesus. Self is only dealt with at the cross. Self was crucified. Whatever, I'm so conceited and arrogant and prideful and selfish and self-centered. That's who we are and we need help. You don't think that's who we are? Where's my phone at? Let me get another selfie. 
You don't think that's who we are? Selfish, conceited, prideful, arrogant, self-centered. That's who we are. That's what happened to us in the fall in the garden. We went from completely being God-centered to self-centered. That's who we are until the Spirit of God moved in. But just because He moved in doesn't mean we still can't be the other way. But we've been given the measure of faith to keep from being the other way. So I won't keep thinking of myself more highly than I ought to. And I just can't try not to, but I can keep my faith in the sacrifice and the Spirit of God can keep me from thinking more highly of myself than I ought to. You can't do that on your own. You can't won't wake up tomorrow and say, I'm just going to be loving today. No, you're not. Maybe for a little bit, but when that person gets on your bumper or that person spills something on your desk at work or that person speeds into that parking lot at Wally World before you saw you waiting for it, but they bumped you out of the way. Oh, you're going to be loving, all right? You're going to need to exercise something you've already got. You're going to need to exercise something you've already got. God's already given you the measure of faith. Don't listen to these preachers that try to make you think they got some big measure, but you got some little measure. Jesus taught if you had faith the size of grain of a mustard seed, you could speak to a mountain and it'd be gone. Don't listen to these lying, money-hungry preachers that try to exalt themselves instead of humbling themselves and preaching the cross to you. Because if they're not preaching the cross, they're preaching themselves. In a conceited, uh, deceitful manner, they're saying these things, but they're doing other things under the table. The cross of Christ is what it took for God to be able to move inside of you and to give you the measure of faith. Anybody in here any from a five-year-old, you hear me, Silas? You got as much faith as I got, son. Amen. You got the same measure of faith I got. Amen. When you got saved, you got the measure. When you got, if you get saved, whoever, if somebody gets saved today, they got the same measure that somebody been saved sixty years. Amen. They got the same amount of Jesus. You didn't get him in peace. You do good and I give you a little more of me. The only thing you get more of when you're obedient to the Lord is hearing. Amen. If you have hearing, you'll be given more hearing. Amen. But faith is the same measure, but you got to exercise it. Many people through the years have come to me and said, Pastor, my, my faith just ain't working for me. I said, have a seat, son. <laughs> Your faith ain't the issue. Bible faith overcomes. We like to say around here, and we've said it for 18 years, when faith comes, faith overcomes. Faith got to come, though. It's got to come. Something got to stir you up to get you to exercise your measure of faith. What is that? The Word of God. 
The Word of God. The Spirit of God. You've got to be hearing the Spirit of God. You got you a good Bible, I hope. And you better get your face put out in it. Because it, listen, it, listen, and, and, and listen, just because they come quoting the Bible to you, that ain't good enough. That ain't good enough. The devil uses the Bible. All sorts of religions and cults use the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. But the Word of God to us is the one who became flesh to die on a cross. To save us from our sins. To be able to give us this measure of faith so we won't live defeated lives. We're going to have troubles, but we don't have to live defeated lives. We don't have to live in sin and make excuses for sin. That ain't faith and that ain't grace. Sitting here in these chairs this morning, me standing right here, we can be forgiven, but forgiveness is not deliverance. You go to bed and ask the Lord every night for 20 years, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. He forgives you, but you, that don't mean you're delivered. You get up the next day and find chains still rattling on your ankles. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. Preaching to myself this morning. I'm glad y'all got to be here to listen to it. Thank you, Lord. You've been given what you need. God gave His Son. When you accepted Him, you got everything you need. That's why we've been commanded to become students of the Word. Why? The Bible tells us why. We're to study the Word of God to what? Show ourselves approved. To who? Not to try to become approved. To show ourselves what we are. Approved. He approved of us through the blood of the Lamb. We're to study to show ourselves what He made us, which is approved. He approved us. And I want to study to find out more about the faithfulness of my God, what He did to approve of me by accepting me through faith in His Son's death. And how that has an effect on me every moment of my life. You know, the Bible says, and I said it earlier in the service, your God is trying you every moment. Every moment. There's not a there's never a moment. He's trying you right now. There's never a moment that goes by when God is not trying you. You're like, uh, is it that radical? Is Christianity that radical? You better hope it is. We like quoting that verse, well, the Lord will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. All right, praise God. What's He doing while He's here not leaving? What's He doing while He's here not leaving? What's He doing while He's here not forsaking me? What's He doing? Have I got him tossed off in the back seat? I'm taking over the wheel. If I need you, I'll let you know. I need him moment by moment. Faith. Here's another scripture. 2 Corinthians 2.14. I think we read this one in one of the past sessions in this message. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to or leads us in triumph in Christ. If the Lord is leading you, He's leading you in the triumph of His Son. Through the measure of faith He's given you. 
You read books today by some of the most popular men writing commentaries, and they'll t- I, I read it all the time. They say, and these men, they tell the church this, and it keeps them blind, it keeps them paralyzed, and they say things like, if, if you're having these, these issues in your life, then just stay away from those kind of people. The issue you're having is in your heart. And the people, you can't blame them. It's like the, the, the kid, they, the kid, you know, he's, he's just born. we got to get him out of there. He's his. The, people, the kids, he's around. And sometimes you do need to get your kids away from certain kids, and you need to be away from certain people, too. Yeah. But you can't just pack up a kid because he's got all these bondages in his life and send him two, three states over because when he gets there, look, he ain't changed. And he's going to go look for the same friends he had there. It's the heart. It's the heart. As long as I'm blaming somebody else for my problems as to why I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or I'm doing what I shouldn't be doing, then I'm not admitting I'm the problem. Until I start admitting I'm the problem, I won't never accept what God offered for the problem, which is His Son. Let me say this this morning. Everybody who's saved says, I know I believe in the cross. We believe in the cross. But the Bible says God's trying you every moment to see if you will trust in the cross. What does that mean to trust in the cross? That means you believe in your heart. Not just some passing phrase. Of course I believe in the cross. No, you're you're yielding to that truth. Your Jesus died for you and you died with Him. And now this life is no longer about the focus of you. That's trusting in the cross. Ain't nothing else trusting in the cross. I'm, listen, when I'm trusting in what Jesus did for me at Calvary, just like I did first and He saved me, then I will be being changed. I said I will be being changed. I will be found loving Him more than ever before. I will be found becoming more like Him. Amen. Amen. God always causes us to triumph where? In Christ. That only means through faith in His death. In Christ means your faith in where God put you in when you believed. You see, the simplicity is this. When you heard the gospel and you were lost, and if you're if this has never happened to you, then you're still lost. And I don't mind telling folk that because I want them to get saved. Amen. I don't want them to have a heart attack this afternoon eating lunch and end up in hell. I want them to be saved. And you can be sure that you're saved. But when you heard the gospel and you believed from the heart the gospel. You accepted that Jesus died for you. What your faith was in was in his death. Your faith was in his death. And the Bible says you were taken by the Holy Spirit and baptized into the place your faith was. Yeah. Into his death. Romans 6 3. There's no other, listen, there's no other object of faith. No other. 
There's no other object of faith other than Christ and crucified. And you say, well, we got a whole Bible. And faith could come from hearing anything in God's Bible. The Spirit of God could be have me anywhere in the Word. And, and faith could come. But it's always going to point you to Calvary. There's never a time it's not going to point you to Calvary. Because unless you're looking to Calvary, what the Holy Spirit's showing you in the Word cannot be applied to your heart. And your feet can't be found in it. Church don't know that today. Church, I know what it's like. I was out there. I thought I could just read a Bible verse, put it on my refrigerator, and quote it and quote it and quote it, and try to get God to move and until and, and it. You can't listen. You're not here to move God. He's trying to move you. Amen. You want to see a move of God? Let Him move you. That's the move He's looking for. And the first place He's going to move you is to look to the Lamb. That's where He's going to. Deliver you to. I'm doing a new little series. It's on my Overflow channel. Hadn't done anything on the YouTube. It's my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, but it's a little excerpt I do called Overflow, and I started this past week one about faith. One faith. There's only one faith for the Christian. That means there's only one object. And that means there's only one avenue through which it comes. One object. One object. One faith, one object, one avenue. Amen. There ain't no lots of avenues through which it comes. There's not no lots of objects. That, that's what the church thinks. And that's why we cannot be in that thought process of the same mind, of the same spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We are not doing that if we think faith can be in this object or that object. Faith has to be in the death of Jesus. That's what you started with it in. And if you take one more step in the Spirit, that's what it'll be in. Or you won't ever take another step. Not one more step. That's Bible teaching. Galatians 3. How did you begin in the Spirit? By believing Christ crucified. How will you take your next step? By the works of the law? Or continue by the hearing of faith? How will you take your next step? By that measure of faith you were given, you now have to exercise that faith. You have to fight, not against sin, not against that that's bothering you. You have to fight to keep your faith in the cross because it's a heart issue. It's not a beer, cigarette, dope. It's not a lust. Those are issues. Those are sinful manifestations, but they flow out of the heart, Jesus said. You can't blame your neighbor. You can't blame your wife. She might be a problem. Your husband might be a problem. Your husband might be a problem. But they're not your problem. The problems in our lives flow up out of our hearts, Jesus said. The sinful things. Hmm. Now I want to show you three verses before I quit. But I want to make sure you know, if you're not serving God, that's your choice. That's your choice. You've made the choice. The devil can't choose that for you. Nobody else can choose whether you're going to live for God but you. But you will make the choice. And if you're not living for God, sold out to the things of God, that's your choice not to be. That's a choice. 
especially for the child of God. Now, the lost people ain't got no choice. Only choice they got is to believe the gospel. Amen. But see, what the church don't know is we better keep believing it or we're going to be in trouble. Amen. If we don't exercise that measure of faith we've been given to keep it in that one object we had it in when we started, we're going to be thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought very quickly. So let me make sure we understand this. Yes. Every time I do dumb, I chose to do it. No power overtook me and made me do it. I chose to do it. Because my Bible says that I get to choose which one of the two directions I'm going to yield to. It's who I'm giving my heart to. Am I going to yield to sin the sin nature unto death. That means being separated from, from the, the fruit of having grace in my life. Doesn't mean I'm lost. It means, as the church of Sardis was told, you got to name your lie, but you're dead. Amen. Amen. See, there's only two ways, but I get to choose. Lord. I can yield. It's a yielding. When you got born again, you had to yield that heart and accept the gospel as what you believe, what you accept to save you. And now you got to keep believing it. That's all that God's offering you to keep you. But you got to you got to stay yielded to it. You got to stay yielded. Romans six teaches this. You got to yield to this truth, that form of doctrine that saved you will keep you, or you won't be kept. We're kept by the power of God through faith. faith. Amen. We're kept by the power of God through faith. First Peter 1 5. We're kept by the power of God, not just kept. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Am I experiencing, am I walking out this overcoming salvation that I have? I know how easy it is to get knocked off track. I was there for years as a Christian, but it was my choice. Don't ever forget that. Don't try to blame somebody else. All those hard negative things, those lying creatures, and then false prophets, my Lord. Listen, your heart, the Bible teaches that you can't blame them. It's our lustful flesh that runs after that mess. James says that. It's our lusting flesh that runs after that. You can't blame them. God's going to deal with them. But right now, in this moment, he's trying to deal with you and me. Will you let him deal with you this morning? He's reminded you under the sound of my voice in the Word of God this morning by his Spirit to your ears. He's reminded you that you're his and he's given you the measure of faith and that faith cannot fail. He's also reminded you that you must yield to that one object of faith. That one object of faith, so that that one faith you've been given will work for you. Faith works. Faith works. Faith works. Faith overcomes. Faith is an overcoming work. Hallelujah. Faith works. Faith overcomes. Faith is an overcoming work of the Spirit in you. Listen this morning. Some people might not like this, but it's true. Faith, keeping the faith is a work. It's just not the work of our flesh. It's a work of the Spirit. It's a work of the Holy Ghost. When you're yielded to the truth of Calvary, the Holy Spirit gives you the strength. You don't have it, 
in and of yourself. You can't muster up. I'm going to be stronger today than I was yesterday. No, you're not. Not without a deliberate and conscious faith in the sacrifice. Christians who don't believe this, they running all over the platform, focus of the Holy Ghost. That ain't the Holy Ghost focus. The Holy Ghost focus is not the Holy Ghost. Their vision is blurred. They're playing kitty church like I did growing up, getting the cushions on the couch and standing them up and getting behind them and pretending I was doing something. Wasn't nothing going on and there ain't nothing going on there either. Amen. Nothing. Not one thing. You can't do anything without me, Jesus said. That means we can't do anything if it's not by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved us and gave Himself for us. We can't do one. We can't take a step. There is absolutely no growth, no maturity, no deliverance unless we're beholding the Lamb. It's all pretending. All who, who refute this are pretenders and not contenders for the faith. Amen. They're pretending. They're making believe the vanity of their own mind. If we were told 1900 years ago when the New Testament was written that there's seduction and in the last days uh, men are going to draw men to themselves and, 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 and all this people are going to wax cold from love. Iniquity is going to abound and people are going to draw uh, preachers and teachers to themselves just to scratch their fleshly itch. Who are they? Where are they? Where the cross is not center stage. That's them. If you're not hearing something that's coming against your flesh, but rather just scratching your flesh. Well, I'm more comfortable over there, brother. If you're not hearing the word of the cross preached, and you're not being challenged, then you're in trouble. Amen. We've been preaching it for 18 years. People say, well, how much longer are you going to keep preaching it till I get to the place where I'm hearing it coming from the one who did it for me? That's how long, till my feet are on a golden piece of gold up in heaven. We're going to preach the power and the wisdom of God. We're going to keep reminding the people of God that all this new age supposed Christianity is disguised by the devil to make you feel good about yourself. But Jesus said, I come to get rid of yourself and exalt my son in you and through you. The church today will tell you you just need to be have a little more self-esteem. The Bible says you need to do away altogether with self so Christ can be highly esteemed. Hallelujah. I know what it's like to be a Christian and backslidden and trying to make a name for myself, trying to still looking for my place in this world. You ain't the only place you got in this world is in Christ Jesus, and that's not of this world. Amen. 
It's your only place is in Christ. You don't have a place in this world. Well, I just need to find my... We say about the kid. Well, they're still looking for their place. Let me tell you something, young people. You better know your place is in Christ. It's in Christ. It ain't in Hollywood. Hollywood's black, dark, deep lies of the devil. Oh, everything. If it ain't Christ, it's wrong. If it ain't Christ, it's dark. It ain't got no light to it. And searching for yourself a place in this world means you ain't following Christ. Amen. You follow Christ, he'll put you where he wants you to be. He'll bring that spouse into your life that he wants you to have. You won't have to go out there and try it 15 times. Amen. thing about Christianity is we get to choose. We get to choose. We get to choose. Will you choose Christ today? Will you choose Him after lunch? You're not perfect, but you're called to be. You don't always act like you're holy, but you nevertheless you are holy. You're God's holy children. We have been set apart. Don't mean we always walk like we are set apart. Probably the biggest problems in the church is, and, and I did it for years, I wanted the lost world out there to think, there ain't really that much difference in us. You see, I wear the same, we, 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 you know, what's up, Bob, what's up? You know? No, you ain't nothing like them. You're not to talk like them. You're not to act like them. You're not to marry one of them. That's what the Bible says. Let's try it again. How many Bible believers we got up in here? That's what the Bible says. I'm a Bible believer. If it ain't written, it ain't no good. That's true. Today is a message to make sure that you know you've been given what you need. To overcome everything. Y'all know, y'all know, I know how it is to be young. I don't know how it is to be a young girl, but I know how it is to be a young man in school. Well, kids can be some of the meanest folk, can't they? Yeah, they can. Ooh, kids can be some of the meanest folk. And all this stuff on social media now, and all this suicide taking place, kids not even want to live because people, just because somebody's talking about you. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus, he's talking about you too. Because he loves you. He died for you. Those people making you mad, talking about you, making you feel like you ain't nothing, they only doing that from a lofty place of pride in their own heart. I know what it's like to be young and think you got to be cool. Look, you ain't called to be cool. No. Here's two great truths of the Bible. If you're a Christian, you dead and hid with Christ. Amen. You dead and hid with Jesus. Amen. Well, I ain't dead, I'm alive. Only way you can live if it's Jesus living in you. Amen. You got everything you need. Amen. You got everything you need. Whatever your struggle is, it's because there's not an exercising of faith there. Amen. Yeah. 
When you are exercising your faith from your heart in the sacrifice, the death of Jesus, that's where your union with Him is found. And things may not instantly fall off of you, but they're going to have an instant, and while you're beholding the Lamb, they're going to have an instant look as something minor and small now compared to what you're beholding. That big mountain that's been choking the life out of you, that big mountain that's had its chains wrapped around your neck, your hands, and your legs and making excuses and all blaming game and all this stuff, when you look to the Lamb, all of that may not just evaporate immediately, but immediately it looks small compared to what you're beholding, the Lamb. And eventually it will all go. It will all go. It's not a, I hope. See, same with God is, it's not a, I'll try it slot machine. And some say, because all through these years, people have told me, well, the cross didn't work for me. And all I got to say to them is, you don't know what we're preaching. Because if the cross don't work, can't nobody get saved. Amen. If the cross don't work, then I might as well just be an old drunk and drug addict and doing whatever I want to with whoever I want to, whenever I want to, wherever I want to, and however I want to. If the cross don't work, but the cross does work. You know, one way I know it is because I got folk in here listening to the exaltation of our Savior and what He did at Calvary. I got a church full of folk boasting in the Lamb. Hallelujah. It smells like Lamb in this church. Hallelujah. It tastes like Lamb. And the result is being full of His victory. Full of His victory. We're not perfect, but we're striving together for the faith, the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. You know, I think about Brother Eddie here. I mean, I think about you all the time. People who are out there just in a bad way. I was too. And just people watching Praying, hoping one day. And then he, like me, the Lord shows up, turns his life around. And like some of y'all, people praying got a little bit more than they was asking for. (laughs) I'm not talking about us being perfect now, but I'm talking about having our direction changed. We're not who we used to be. Matter of fact, even the Christians we were some years ago, we're not even them, them anymore. We're being changed by the Spirit of the Lord as we behold that glorious image of the Lamb and go from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning? I better quit. The Lord's given you what you needed when He saved you. If we're not exercising it, that's on us. That's on us. If we do exercise it, that measure of faith, your feet's going to be in truth. Your children are going to be raised up in the admonition of the Lord. 
your marriage, though it may not be perfect, I can promise you this, it's going to look more and more like Christ's relationship with His church. That's a guaranteed promise. If you're both beholding the Lamb, things are going to get a lot better. Amen? Why is that? Because Christ is going to be magnified. Not us being magnified. Christ magnified. More of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for your wonderful words of life, light, and liberty. Strength and power, confidence, overcoming power of faith, the very faith that your Son died by. By grace through faith and our taste by faith in that same death crucified with Him gives us eyes that see as we taste of the Lamb and behold as the psalmist did oh taste and see that the Lord is good we thank you this morning for the truth concerning the faith the measure the faith of the Son of God the one faith the one object the one avenue through which it comes which is righteousness Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. If you're here this morning and you want to come to these altars and just worship the Lord or just get right with the Lord, whatever it may be, if you need us to pray with you for you, we'll be glad to do that. These altars are open. Come if you need prayer this morning. Come if you want this revival power that's being offered through the preaching of the cross. This new day, new mercies, new start. New day, new mercies, brand new start. For everybody. For everybody. We know who we serve. And we know from where our help comes. And we thank you this morning, Father, for your hands of mercy wrapped around this beautiful family of yours. We thank you for your healing power that flows through the very blood cells of each one in this family. This morning we lift up our sister, Allie. We thank you, Lord God, for your miracle-working power. We thank you for the removal of the hindrance, the removal of the infirmities. We thank you for your faithfulness to hold her in the palm of your hands and to walk her through this with great peace and great joy. Great peace and great joy. Even in a time of suffering, Lord, we look to you. We look to you for you are the healer. You are the great physician. You are the faithful God. You are the Lord, our Lord, that heals, that heals all of our afflictions, all of our diseases. And we ask for that healing. For Allie, we ask for it right now. We believe you to see it, God. We believe you to see it. And we thank you for it this morning. I pray that you bind this family together, Lord, like never before by the Spirit of God. Lord, that, that everything that may be broken would be healed. That every place that's weak would be strengthened. And Lord, that perfect love that you offered on the tree of Calvary would be experienced. From this day forward like never before. Oh, 
love unconditional, love, overwhelming love. We thank you for it. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus today. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Oh, we ask and we believe to see. We ask and we believe to see. I said we ask and we believe to see. Lord, we thank you. You hear the cries of our hearts. And I thank you that you bring forth that good, acceptable, and perfect will in our lives. Lord, what we're asking, however that ties in to your good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, because that is the focus, that is the key importance to us, your will being carried out. And we thank you for hearing the cries of your people. We thank you for your touch upon Patrick and Luana this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your miracle work and power. Oh, the faithfulness of our God. We thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your healing hands. Merciful hands. All the hands that raise up. Oh, the dead to live, the blind to see, the lame to walk, the sick to shout, I'm free. Hallelujah. All the sick to be found shouting, I'm free. Healed by his stripes in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you this morning for the touch upon this family represented here. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives. We thank you, Lord God, for opening their eyes even greater moment by moment to a clear picture of the Lamb slain, the one who was slain to receive everything that I need in this very moment and every moment of my life. I thank you, Lord, for building your church in this house, building your church in this family. Lord, I thank you for strengthening this man and this woman and building, oh, building them, Lord. Oh, I thank you for your strength made perfect in their weakness. Hallelujah. I thank you for, Lord, teaching them to depend on you and what you've accomplished for them, that they might walk with you and have less of their faults, less of their ways in all of yours in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord God, for your favor. We thank you for all that you've called us to put, put our feet in and our hands to. We thank you, Lord, this morning from every place you've delivered us from and from every place you're guiding us into. We thank you for those that will be in our paths, that will hear our testimony, that will hear the truth of Christ, that will hear the word of the Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for bringing healing to the families that are here represented, salvation to all of the families that are here represented, all oh, great joy and peace. Oh, we thank you for it. Open doors in the mighty name of Jesus. Open doors, hallelujah. We thank you for your touch, your powerful touch this morning. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Blessed be the Lord. Y'all need prayer this morning. Come up here and let me pray for you. Come on up here. Come here. Come on up here. Let's pray together this morning. Come on, hula hoop. Let's believe the Lord together. Us young people, we need the Lord. We need more of the Lord. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for these young people. Yes, we thank you for all the young people here here today. We stand in the gap for them, not ourselves only, Lord. But we do ask for you to help us, Lord. We ask for you to help us to represent you more than we ever have. Lord, to be witnesses to all. Witnesses to you and testimonies to all that we know, Lord. Help our friends to know that we belong to you more than that we go to church, but that we belong to you. Give us strength for a bolder witness this year. And we thank you, Lord, for showing us the truth 
more and more each and every moment. That we would know our place is in Christ Jesus and not in this world. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your hands of protection on my sisters here. Lord, I thank you for protecting them from the things that come to try to take them away from being focused on you. And I give you all the praise this morning for doing it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The Lord's got more for us, Brother Ed. He's got more for us. Hallelujah. He's got more for us. It's like David said. I, he's already delivered me from the lion and the bear. But he's going to deliver me from this giant too. Every giant that comes along. Every giant that comes along. God's plan is overcoming victory. Overcoming victory. There's not a giant you'll face that won't be slain if you'll look to the Lamb. There's not a giant that won't be slain. The hardship some of you struggle with now because of what this ministry corporately has had to suffer through over the last several months dealing with our fellowship and other people. You've suffered. You've suffered. I've suffered. But the answer is beholding the Lamb. Beholding the Lamb. Don't take your eyes off Him because He's not taking His eyes off you. Behold the Lamb and live. Behold the Lamb. Choose the Lamb and live. Father, we thank You this morning. We thank You for the truth that sets the captive free. The truth that saves. The truth that delivers. The truth that brings us back home. The truth that brings us back to walking in the faith. The truth that brings us back to beholding the Lamb. The truth that brings us back to now exercising more than ever before this measure of faith that you gave us when you made us overcomers in Christ the first time we breathed him in by faith in what he did for us at Calvary. Oh, I thank you for that faith. I thank you that nothing can stand against us. Who can stand against us if our God be for us? Hallelujah. What can stand against us if our God be for us? Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, this morning. I thank you all over this world today for those who hear what the Spirit is saying and come back to the place. They come over to the place of expressing the overcoming power of the Lamb. And we give you all the praise this morning. Oh, in the name, that name that's exalted above every name, that name that holds all the power that we need, that name that brings salvation. Oh, precious Jesus. Oh, precious Jesus. In his name we pray this morning. Amen and amen. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. God bless you. He loves you. Keep on fighting to believe.